Today we're wrapping up our Diverse series. So we've spent this last month hearing from some different voices who are part of our church family who come from different cultures and uh, different places around the world to be able to see what we could learn from them and to get to know them a little bit more. And uh, I hope that you have found it as helpful as I have. I think it's been a really great way of us getting to know some people, uh, particularly some people who are a bit newer to our community, um, but also to be able to learn a little bit. And so we said the reason why we want to do this series is because we want to celebrate the fact that we are, even though we're not a massive church, we have a fair bit of diversity amongst us, and that's a really, really good thing that we want to value and appreciate. We also said that uh, in our Australian culture, it's easy for us just to take things for granted, and so when people come into our culture from other places, often they see things with a fresh set of eyes, and so hearing from some other people to say, these are some things that I really appreciate about Australian culture that I didn't know, but here's some things that are different and aren't necessarily as good as they were in my culture or um, we can learn from is a really, really helpful insight for us to have. And we've also talked about how nearly half of the people in the community around us come from other places. So nearly half the people in the community around us in the last census were born overseas. And so if we want to be a church that is engaging with the community around us and is a great place for people to connect in, then we need to continue to learn these things uh, the best way that we can. Today, throughout our service, we've been having a bit of a look at this passage from Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 29, which is an absolutely radical set of statements that Paul makes. For us, as we talk about appreciating our differences and our different cultures, it's kind of a little bit, well, we eat some different food, and isn't it funny that Australians have some funny words for things, and (laughs) our hospitality is a little bit different, but we're united, and that's a good thing for us to celebrate. But when Paul talks about all of the different categories of people who are now united under Jesus, what he's saying is absolutely crazy and radical for his time. He starts by saying, there's now no Jew or Gentile. It doesn't matter whether you're from a Jewish heritage or a non-Jewish heritage. Two groups of people who could not be more different in terms of their practices, in terms of their belief systems, in terms of what they thought was most important. Paul says, it doesn't matter because you're united because of Jesus. Slaves and free people, it doesn't make any difference. Which again, in Paul's context, that's a radical thing to say. That it doesn't matter whether you're a slave or whether you're free, we're all together through Jesus. Men and women, there's no difference whatsoever. Again, a very radical thing to say in his culture, that because of Jesus, we are all united together. So he reminds us that Jesus is the one, ultimately, who gives us the opportunity to be a part of God's family. And when that happens, all of those distinctions go away because now we're just brothers and sisters and there's a sense of equality that we suddenly get simply because of what Jesus has done. And it's appropriate that today, as we have some baptisms, we're reminded that baptism is this beautiful symbol of what that looks like that all of us are baptised, one baptism into God's family, one baptism recognising all that Jesus has done for us and that's what ties us together. So we're going to hear from Tilo and Marlise today, so I'm going to invite them up, let's give them a hand as they come forward. There we go, welcome, welcome, welcome. There we are. So we're going to start a bit, same as we've done, all the way through this series to hear a bit about where you guys are from. So uh, tell us 
where you're from. We have a nice map to be able to show that. From South Africa. Yes. Um, South Africa is about 11,900, almost 12,000 kilometers from here. Okay. So flight time. Flight time took about 25 hours. 25. Yep. Stop over in Dubai. Sure. Two and a half. Yep. So up and then back down again. Yep. Okay. So if you, um, South Africa, geographically, and then we open up. Uh, we're in the northwest province, um, and where the point are, that's where Rustenburg is. So, so Rustenburg is the city that yeah, you're from? Yes. Yep. So you can see it's about uh, 120 kilometers east of Pretoria. Yep. That's great. And so when did you arrive in Australia? 26 Janu uh, January of this year. Very nice. So Australia Day, an appropriate day to arrive. We did the same thing. We arrived on Australia Day last year, so that's really great. Uh, and so tell us a little bit about what you miss most from home? What are the, the key things that you've been missing since you've been here this year? Um, we are Afrikaans speaking people. Yes. Um, so Afrikaans is basically our right hand. Mm -hmm. English became our left hand. Yes. So of course I'm a right handed person. Sure. Afrikaans <laughs> just basically flows more easily yes. and English is kind of stupid when you try and, try and write. <laughs> so we do miss kind of, when you go to a shop, you can speak to Afrikaans to people. Yes. Or you just speak for me, whether it's English, it's even English people will speak in, uh, Afrikaans to you. Yep. We miss that, we kind of miss that. Yes. Um, being just able, we speak, of, we've got a couple of friends here, but we do miss that part. Absolutely, yes. Is there anything that you would add, Marlies, you're missing? Yes, also the language, mm -hmm. um, the family. Yep. A few yes. of the family members, yep. especially, yep. Um, like my mother and my sister. Yes. Um, yeah, and generally just uh, uh, Afrikaans vibe, and uh, like the barbecue, we call it a braai, mm -hmm. and they got a great sense of humour. Sure. <laughs> uh, everything that happens, like the there was a baloney issue. Um, they made a lot of jokes about baloney. Sure. So <laughs> afterwards you get fed up for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, family most. Yeah, for sure. That's good. And what would you say has been most difficult in terms of adjusting into Australian culture? I can't say I don't struggle at all. Okay. Um, there's some similarities between Afrikaans uh, and Australian, yep. especially we enjoy uh, barbecue yes. or braai. Yes, it's the same thing. So yes. that's a couple. Of, I didn't struggle. Or, okay, um, that's good. Would say that the traffic is kind of hectic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm driving a motorcycle, and it seems to be people are kind of aggressive. Yes, they want to get there and get done. Yes, Adelaide drivers do have a fabulous reputation <clears throat> around the country. So yes, that's true. So and just so you drive, you ride a motorcycle to work every day. At what time do you leave to go to work? Usually around 20 past 4. 20 past 4 in the morning, yes. So uh, I've been very impressed with your courage to <laughs> ride through the winter every day at 20 past 4. And yes, so it's been very, very good. So we've talked about this series. Part of what we want to do is be able to say, what have we done well as a church? We are absolutely thrilled that you've jumped in with us and you've jumped in with both feet. You know, very much, very quickly become an integral part of our community here. So what are the things that we've done well as a spiritual family to welcome you in and to help you feel connected with what we're doing? Um, I think what you well, what the congregation did well on is uh, you accepted us, four of us, as the, as the puzzle pieces you never knew you lost. Mm. Or the brothers or the sisters that you never knew you had. 
um, that was kind of um, thumbs up. And then again, um, our previous congregation was, we liked it there, but the children's activity were not as good. So you are kind of struggling. So the, what, whatever the family segment is, is pretty good. Mm, yeah. That's pretty, it, it helps the, 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 the grown-ups focus on what the message is as well. Yes, yeah. So the message basically goes out in two ways, yep. to them and to us. Yes. I've had feedback at times, which is super encouraging given the small amount of prep that I do every week, that sometimes what gets said in the family segment is more impacting than the whole 25-minute message. So that's really great. <laughs> it, gives us, it definitely gives us time to focus. Yes, that's right. No, it is helpful to thread that theme all the way through the service for sure. Yep. Yeah, for me, um, this is my family away from our mm. family, and yep. they are all friendly, they are all welcoming, mm. and they made us feel right at home, yeah. and we are very blessed to have you in our lives. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I don't have any complaints. Sure, yeah. So, <laughs> that's my next question. Yeah. So is there anything that we could have done better as a church family to help you become a part of uh, what we're doing together? Um, not really complaints. Mm-hmm. I would really. Um, I kind of enjoy uh, singing. Yep. So I would like to be more involved in singing, yeah. or maybe having a choir or orchestra mm-hmm. um, involved. But that's not. That's only. That's a small. Sure. Yeah. No, that's good. So. I kind of think you want to adapt it too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. So yeah, and I think, but that is a good reminder about the importance of being able to say, particularly if you've got a passion, how easy is it? for you to connect in and then to find your way into serving with us, which is a part of why we've been making some of the changes that we've been making a bit uh, lately. So that's really, really great. Now, normally at this point uh, in our messages, we've been saying, share a little bit about what God's been challenging you about or a key Bible verse. But for you two, today we're going to baptise you, which is super, super exciting. So uh, because we all come from very different backgrounds and all different places, it would be helpful to just explain a little bit about what baptism is because we may have different uh, understandings about what that looks like. And then uh, we're going to get you to share a little bit about your story. So baptism is a uh, Christian practice for those of us who follow Jesus, uh, which is something symbolic that is an outward show of something that is an internal decision that we've made. Uh, In this case, it's an outward symbol of the decision that has been made to follow Jesus. And in some ways, a helpful analogy is to think about a wedding ceremony. So in a wedding, two people have already made the decision to commit to each other. But they do something public and they do some symbolic things, exchanging rings and so on, to be able to say, this is the line in the sand, this is the decision that we've made, and now we move forward with this key marker in our minds. And baptism is very similar. This is a decision that you've already made, and Josh as well, to say, I want to follow Jesus. But now we do a public declaration of that to affirm that in front of anyone who's listening. And then we do something symbolic to be able to kind of have a key marker, a line in the sand to say, yeah, this is what that actually means. So we talk about baptism in terms of three key steps that people take. So first of all, it's a step of faith. So one of the questions that we're going to ask when we go in the tank is, do you believe that your sins have been forgiven because of your faith 
in Jesus, which there's a lot of words in that. But what we're really saying is we break that down. Do you believe that your sins, and we've talked a lot about how sin is basically anything that we do that is from a selfish motive, anything that is not loving perfectly, we define as sin. So do you believe that all the mistakes that you've made, all the times you've hurt other people, all the times that you have acted with selfish motives, all of those things have been forgiven. There's no consequences, there's no implications in God's eyes for those things but it's because of your faith in Jesus. Not because you've done enough to kind of work that off, not because you've worked hard enough or you've somehow earned God's favour enough for him to say, all right, well, I suppose I'll let those things go. But it's because of your trust in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. So baptism is a step of faith, saying, I trust in who Jesus is and I trust in the work that Jesus has done in his life, his death and resurrection, that all of the mistakes that are made and all the stuff I've done wrong, all of those things are forgiven uh, through Jesus. Secondly, it's a step of obedience. So the second question that we'll ask when we go in the tank is, do you want to make Jesus the Lord or the leader of your life? And what we're really saying in that is, I want to choose to orient all of my priorities, all of my values, all of the things that I do, I want them to be focused on what Jesus wants for me. It's no longer about what I want, but out of obedience, I choose to follow Jesus and I choose to follow his ways. And then thirdly, it is a step of commitment. So as I've said, it's about drawing a line in the sand and publicly saying to anyone who's listening, this is a commitment that I've made. This is a decision that I've made and uh, I want to follow Jesus and I don't care who knows about it and I give you the opportunity to be able to support me and to encourage me and to challenge me in that journey as we move forward, which is a part of why we do baptism together. In reality, baptism is going under the water and coming back up again, which we'll talk about in a moment. You could do that at home in your bathtub without us, but we choose to do this as something as a church family because it's not just about your journey with Jesus. It's about us being able to support you and encourage you in that. So we baptise people because Jesus was baptised, and so as people who want to follow Jesus, we think that if it's good enough for him, it's probably good enough for us to be able to do. We also do it because it's something that Jesus gave as a command to his disciples. One of his last instructions to them was to say, go into all the world and tell people about me, and tell them what it looks like to follow me, and baptise them as you do. Immerse them into the community of faith of people who are following Jesus together. And so we do it out of obedience to Jesus. And then we also do it because there's some very rich symbolism that helps us to be able to identify with Jesus. So up here behind us, and some of you are probably not even aware of this, there's a big tank of water that's right here that's been here the whole time. Normally it doesn't have water in it, but today it does. And so we use water in baptism to symbolically recognise that we are washed clean. Again, that sense of all of our sins, all of the things that we do wrong, all of those things are washed clean. They're all completely forgiven by God. That's why we do it by full immersion. So they will go all the way under the water and then they'll come back up again. And we do that to symbolise that there's nothing that isn't forgiven. There's nothing that isn't washed clean as uh, they have accepted what Jesus has done for them. We also uh, do baptism by immersion as a way of people identifying with Jesus' life, death and resurrection. And so we have the opportunity when we go under the water to symbolically say, I'm going to die to myself. 
I choose to effectively kill off the old me that makes all the decisions for myself and acts in selfish ways and just thinks about what I want. And when I come up out of the water, I'm coming back to life in Jesus. I'm coming back to life to say, I want to live life the way that Jesus wants me to be able to live. And then the last piece of symbolism for us is that we baptise people kneeling down. Uh, Some of that is actually a practical reason. So as we've been talking about baptism and how we do it here, uh, we've recognised that particularly for taller people, there's a good chance they'd smack their head on the uh, steps if we went backwards, as happens in a number of churches. Um, But in the last church that we were in, we used this symbolism as well, where we get to kneel down, which is another symbol of submitting to Jesus and saying, I submit to you and to your plans for my life and to what you have for me. So it's a beautiful symbol that we're going to get the opportunity to do. And so before we do that, we're going to hear from you in terms of your stories and how you've gotten to the place where you want to get baptised today. And then we're going to hear from Josh as well. And then we'll uh, do the baptism. So who would like to go first? Um, We had a children's group that gathered on a Wednesday um, and there was an elderly lady that um, gave a service and she asked and I truly as an 8 year old boy I prayed um, for Jesus to get in, make my heart the, the crown um, so I didn't know what I was basically asking up to the point whereby I came involved in a Pentecostal church in South Africa and in this church I could feel the spirit move and you get convinced of a certain things, certain things that went wrong in your life. I was baptized as a small boy, as an infant. And I got convinced that it doesn't count because there's a decision that I had to make involved. Um, so I, in 2006, I was convinced that I needed to be rebaptized. But everything happened so that it didn't, it didn't get to this point. Mm-hmm. And now the opportunity came as all flowing. It's basically made easy because Melissa is doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's a unity. It means that I die with Jesus and I get resurrected. Mm. So it's now a symbol of unity with Jesus. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. I also grow, uh, grew up in a Christian home, was baptized as a baby. And um, yeah, the Lord has done so much for me um, over the years. Things that happened, things that you thought you'd never stand up from, get up from. Um, so for me, it's also thanking him for what he's done for me and done for us as a family. Yeah. Um, taking the huge step to come to Australia mm. was a very hard thing to do, but it's the right thing. Mm. And um, we want to thank him for what he's done. And I'm thankful that I'm doing it with Tila. Um, um, He's my friend in life. He's my my soulmate, so I'm fortunate to do it with him Mm. as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you have a Bible verse that you wanted to share? Yep. Got that next slide. There we go. Um, This verse in Philippians 4 verse 13, I've always been such a a big part of my life since childhood. Um, my mother always used to leave leave me a note um, when I'm going into exams, even on the pillow or at breakfast table. So it's always been a big part of my life. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
through everything we went through. So we, we just flourished, we came back up, and he's always been there for us. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Excellent. So we're going to have Josh come forward, and uh, he's going to share a bit of his story as well, and then we'll have our baptisms. Uh, hi, um, I'm just going to share a bit about my um, story and why I've decided to get baptised. So, uh, as most of you know, um, I was brought up in a Christian family and I've always gone to church. Um, but my parents have always done a really good job of not forcing me to follow Jesus. It's always been my decision. And I've always liked or wanted to follow Jesus because um, he has unconditional love, which is something that every single person wants. And since Jesus is the only person who can give that, I decided I'm going to follow him. Also, I like the idea of getting forgiven for every single thing that you do and knowing that you can make mistakes. Um, I also respect that he, or when God created humans, he wanted them to love each other and love God. So since he created me, I feel like I should be um, following his plan from what he had at the start. Uh, my life is different when because I follow Jesus because I feel like there's always a sense of trust that I have with him. I feel like someone's always looking out for me, so I, I'm, I always feel like I'll be okay. It's like having a brother, a friend, and a parent all at the same time because each of those different like relationships you can have with people are all different, but with God, I feel like it's all three of those things. And also knowing that God has a plan for me, so... Um, I know that he has a certain thing that he's going to get me to do in my life, and I just have to go with that. There's no point trying to fight it because he knows what's best for me. Um, I'm getting baptized because I want to show everyone that I'm committed to being a Christian for the rest of my life, and I've been committed for 15 years, so I think I'll, I'll just keep doing it. And I, I feel like I've been overthinking it a bit, but the questions that you get asked before you go under are, do you want to make um, God the Lord of your life? And do you believe that your sins are forgiven because of your faith in Jesus? And I believe those two things for a long time, so I should do it. And also people in Jesus' time would literally know Jesus for like a day, and then they would get baptized. So I feel if they can do that, then I can do this. Uh, my favorite Bible verse is the same as Marlise's actually which shows it's a pretty good verse. Um, Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, I like this verse because it, it gives me courage and I can do anything I want if, like, I believe with, if I believe in God, I trust God. And if there's something that I can't do, it's probably because he has another plan for me, which is okay because I trust that um, everything's going to be okay because I have a good sense of trust with him. So yeah, 